Welcome to First Impressions, the podcast where we talk about our love for who, Maggie? Jane Austen! And our love for Maggie. Oh. And give a big middle finger to, to all Maggie. the haters. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. We're back with another episode. We are doing a long-awaited <laughs> um, movie commentary track for episode five of the Pride and Prejudice miniseries selling Colin Firth and Jennifer Ely. We did the first four episodes many, many years ago, it feels like. Kristen, how many emails do we get from people asking <laughs> us? Did, did I miss it? Did you guys not finish it? It's like once a month or something like that. Someone's emailing us, asking us about it. Yeah. And it makes me feel really bad too, because it, it doesn't make a ton of sense to not finish them. But Maggie and I were saving them for when we could be together and since I'm, you know, across the country, we don't get together that often. Then COVID hit. And then we we're like, well, we're yeah, never well, that's basically it. <laughs> we'll I got married. That was the last again. time we saw each other. Was it my wedding? I think. Yeah. Was, and I think was Jasna after that. Jasna mm-hmm. might've been that. Same yes. Year. I can't remember, but yeah. Then no, COVID Jasna happened. was 2019. That's when I got married, Kristen. No. Yeah. No, 2020 wow. is like a year that didn't exist. It's a time vortex. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it was only a few months after you got married, right? Because you got married in like April or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, by the time October rolled around, we were in Williamsburg together and we didn't do it then either because obviously that was crazy. And so we were just like, you know, things are crazy. Maggie's got, you know, obligations and I'm crazy with work. And we're like, this is so easy. Why aren't we just doing these? So we are trying a setup where we can be over zoom, but both watching on our respective computers and hopefully it'll work out. I agree. (laughs) I know. Well, I guess I don't have anything funny or charming to say. It's, it's a weeknight. It's a school night. So all (laughs) I have is tea, but that's not true of Maggie. So we are, yeah. So I am um, enjoying some, like in the old days of our podcast, I'll talk about the wine I'm drinking. Um, I am having the Kirkland, AKA Costco brand Chardonnay tonight. Um, I'm not usually a Chardonnay person, um, but they were out of Sauvignon Blanc and, you know, needs must. So we're with the Chardonnay. It's okay. It's actually a little spicy for a white. I'd say it's almost like a red in disguise. (laughs) <laughs> like a naked red. Um, it's not bad. I prefer the Sauvignon Blanc, but um, yeah, I've already had a glass, so this is going to be fun. Like the detailed breakdown of the Kirkland brand uh, wine. <laughs> I will tell you, you know, Kirkland brand is actually some of my favorite wines. What they do is they actually find a really good winery and just buy everything that they produce. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And I, I listened to a podcast or something sometime where they said that Kirkland is actually the number one wine buyer. Costco is the number one wine buyer in the world. Oh, wow. And so the Kurt head of wine purchasing for Costco is the most powerful person in the wine industry. And I oh, that wow. Was really interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, well, so anyway, Costco. we're starting with episode five of Pride and Prejudice. You don't want to talk about Costco some more? No, that's fine. Uh, yes. <laughs> so how should we play this? Do you want to do like a three, two, one shoot? Like shoot is play. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so for those of you who don't remember who doesn't remember, honestly, but maybe we have some 2000 fans, 2005 fans out there. So at the end of episode four, what has just happened is if I'm not mistaken, Lizzie has gone to Pemberley. Darcy has discovered her there. They've had a few awkward interactions and then Episode four ends with her driving away in a carriage and looking back at him 
And so she's still in Lambton. She's still in Derbyshire. And uh, who knows what will happen next? I told Kevin, I was like, I have to rewatch it. So I remember exactly what happens, <laughs> which is funny for those who don't know, because I've seen this movie like a hundred times. So anyway, yeah. So is there anything else we should say before we get started? I don't think so. I mean, I think everybody knows. So what we're basically doing is we're doing a commentary track. So if you wanted to queue up your version of the miniseries and watch along, you could. But I have a funny feeling that most of our listeners probably know it as well as we do and can know what's happening just from our commentary. I'm sure they do. They probably don't even need to watch it. (laughs) Oh, no, mine just started. Okay. Oops, got to back up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I moved my screen and it was like, oh, we're starting? Three. Two, one, go. It, it makes me so happy to see the embroidery, to see the font on their names. We should figure out what this font is and only use it because it's just the font of happiness. David Bamber, it's Crispin Courier, New, <laughs> Adrian Lucas, Benjamin Whitrow. Didn't we talk I about mean, back in years ago about how this um, beginning, though, is like can be very off putting for our argument that Jane Austen is not just romance and for girls kind of thing. Cause it's all like bonnets and silk and embroidery. Certainly it has a domesticity, but it also has like a prettiness, which is like over the top with the pink silk and the, the kind of soft camera. I think that the pink silk actually represents a vagina. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yes. This, this work has been praised as highly vaginal. Yeah, <laughs> by Georgia Oki. Here we are at the ball. Speaking of sexual imagery. If you please, ma'am. Oh, <laughs> bless her. I actually really like her. I yeah. hope that she's gone on to have a good um, career in acting. Because this, uh, what's her name? Lizzie or something? No, what's the... the uh, Hannah. The, the, Hannah, Hannah, right? Hannah ha- actually makes quite an impression in the few scenes she's in. Yeah, she ha- she's so cute. And when he says she's a good girl, she <gasps> look at that tall check. drink of water. Christine. Oh my God, he's so tall. You can totally tell when he stands up. He's like, it's just mind blowing how tall he is. I think we talked about this, how he like unfolds himself yes. from chairs. Yes, he does. He's and there's Thea Georgiana. They're so cute how they're dressed similar in a similar color palette. Oh, that is 100% on purpose. I oh, I'm you. sure. Yes. And I just love the Spencer of Lizzie's, the light blue Spencer she has. She doesn't mm-hmm. wear it that often. Right. But Georgiana is in the like very rich version of that outfit, right? I, I don't know. I, I'm not very good at discerning details, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did put more like detail on Georgiana's and have to look at it closer. Oh, I think that you can. Little... T- I think that you can tell by looking that hers is a little is my nicer. finer made. It's got a little print on it. See, I'm watching the 4K UHD mm. amazingly enhanced version, and you can see detail you never saw before in this one. It blew my mind. It, this came out in 2020. I didn't know it had come out, and I just like stumbled upon it. I was like, "What a new remastered version!" And it looks incredible. Look at you, little rich girl. Oh, it's on BritBox. Do you have BritBox? No, I don't. I'm on Amazon Prime. Ah, uh, I see. I see this actress who plays Georgiana all the time. She Do just you? pops up in random stuff. In everything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my God, it's Georgiana. I know. I'm like, oh, dear Georgiana. You sound just like her. That's such a good impression. 
Bingley. Now Bingley's here. And I thought it was Bay. I thought he was coming into the room saying, <laughs> making a comment. But no, Bingley has come in and said oh, hello. He's so happy here. So happy. Jovial. Everything is good, good, excellent. It's not like, I don't know. I don't want to say that the miniseries suffers when they're not all together because they aren't all together for a good portion of it but when they are all together i don't know crispin bottom carter just has really good energy it's just electric he does have great energy and he's so i don't know he's such a sweetheart and his eyes are so blue in the remastered version by the way but um he's so cute here when he remembers the exact date 26th of november you know the austin community online too is so good about knowing these dates it'll be november 26th since i will have totally forgotten this whole scene and someone posts like it's the day of another fan ball (laughs) oh now georgiana is going to make the request my brother and i (laughs) i love how she says that yeah he's got the like princess diana eyes where she like looks down and looks up at you yeah you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean yeah Oh my gosh, this is when she sings the song. I know. Well, so she's answering. It's coming. It's coming. I, I love this line. I can answer. We have no fixed engagements. Like, yeah, what the hell are yeah. we doing? It's not like I have to send out a doodle poll. Oh, and okay. So she starts playing and he just gets that little smile. It's, I, I think I wore out my first VHS. Oh from my the God. Scene. Rewinding the scene. This And of course I had this song as my wedding processional. Yes. I started crying. It was a surprise for me. Yeah. It was for you guys. It was for the the bridesmaids. Yeah. Maggie told me, she's like, you're going to lose your shit. And I was like, what possible song can make me lose my shit? And then this beautiful Mozart that Lizzie sings. It's just, it's my happy place. This scene is my happy place. It was not the version from the, um, from the, from the movie. I think we actually used the Italian version from the opera, but I thought it was really pretty. It's such a recognizable melody. I knew what it was right away. And like, like, it's like I was saying that this scene, like you were saying, you rewind it, you replay it. It is, it is my happy place. I also, (laughs) sometimes I just watch the beginning of episode five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you get this, this, this like 15 minutes of like pure happiness when she's Mm -hmm. at Pemberley, no assholes are around except for the Bingleys and they're not in the, or the Bingley girls and they're not in it that much. I just love the shot Aww. of him when he's looking at her and she's singing. It's just so like, and you now, know, he loves her. Now Lizzie and Georgiana are about to look over the piano at him. He is never wrong. He is never wrong. Yeah, I know that, that like very like, oh, am I in trouble? Like kind of look. It's so sexy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And romance novels always involve this too, but like being nice to a sibling or child or relative of the love of your life is just like the most romantic thing in some well, situation. Like persuasion, right? Yeah. Right. Right. When, Where the, he takes when the, the child. kids are crawling all over yeah. her and Wentworth comes over and he like knows that she needs rescuing and distracts the children. No, Caroline's being a bitch. Oh, she's such a bitch. She's being, that must have been a great loss for your family. <laughs> Oh, and then Darcy is like, he knows. And he just does that little look like, oh my, oh my God, here it comes. I would have just done an outtake where I was like, fuck off, bitch. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I love the way they did it where her her keys hit the note on the and piano she and she has to go back because it's a it's a well-done dramatic moment in, yeah. the, in the book, obviously, that doesn't happen. Um, and in both situations, Caroline doesn't know that she's occasioning pain to Georgiana. Right. Because um, nobody they've kept it such a secret. Nobody and then she looks so Darcy <gasps> can't even be like, at each other, Oh my guys. god. They're looking at the each camera, other. the soft focus, this just his eyes, just his face, his whole outfit, but that look, that angelic hair, that 
that angelic hair is frames his <laughs> face it's a dark cloud and he's just so sexy <laughs> <laughs> no, no and I'm laughing because I agree. The beginning of this episode is just like perfection. It's so good. It's like, this is heaven. This is, this could be every day. Lizzie, what, what'd you do? And he Why walks through the house at night. I mean, we're not oh, that part yet, but when he walks yeah. through the house at night with the candelabra, just to go back to the room where she was. Love that he stays, that, that they drive away and Georgiana and, and Bingley are like, ah, oh, whatever. And he's like watching the drive away. And now they're the Bingley sisters are trying to talk shit about her and he just shuts it down. I don't like this scene though. I think he's over the top. This oh, is really, the one, I think he's great. This is one scene that I think that he gets a little too emphatic in that no, I disagree. It's kind of rude. I think I that know. Mr. Hurst is hysterical. Oh <laughs> he no, he's just pantaloon. He's just like full crotch shot. He's like, did he did he real did 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 um what the fuck is that is that guy's name? Did he know that they were going to just like a full? Yeah, I bet he was like, yes, it'll be hilarious. Rupert Vansittart. Is that really his name? Vansittart is his last name. I don't know if I get his first name. Rupert, of course, he looks like a Rupert. He's no Rupert John. Altogether. The self sufficiency without fashion, which I find intolerable. (laughs) And then Bingley's like, like, well, I think. think um oh you, you're just gonna freight train over me like you're on Kristen's podcast and you're Kristen this must be what it's like for my brother and my family <laughs> <laughs> and it's so annoying when people have these like jokes they repeat over and over and it's like it's not funny anymore yeah Bitch, read the room no yeah like read the room like why is she so bad at reading the room if she's so into him why can't he? she tell that he's getting pissed off? I don't know. It just true that she might want his money, but she doesn't love him. She's not in tune with him. Lizzie would have seen it all. Lizzie is an emotionally intelligent person. Okay, so now he's walking through the portrait gallery with a single candle. The song is playing again oh, on the soundtrack. With the the dogs. Flute. He's with the dogs. Those dogs probably pee all over that house. The beautiful ceiling and the portraits, and there he is in the room again. He's going to set his candle on the mantelpiece and just... It's so romantic. And as a viewer, we just know, we just see this and we're like, we're so happy. He's in love and and good things are The only thing I don't like is when they do the freeze frame coming up of her. Like, he's looking at the piano and then we actually cut the... Her looking at him and it free... Like, uh, we didn't need that. We know what he's looking at, remembering. She should have just jumped and been frozen in the air. <laughs> now we're getting dressed and he's being finicky. He's no, about the to green be finicky. One. No, 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 no. The green one. Yes. Yes. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> Are you um, sure you want to wear those stripes for there, buddy? The stripey, the stripey boy. He's got the stripey waistcoat. And so now he's galloping with all speed. Well, I hope that nobody is watching this while we're doing our commentary because it's probably gonna be really annoying that we keep narrating. I know I can't like one of them. I was like watching and you were like, say something. I was like, I'm watching the movie. (laughs) I don't know how you could watch it with us nattering on. I'm just so excited to talk about it and be watching it again. I think most people are probably just listening to this. Do you think he was going to see Lizzie or did he stop at the very fine tree on the smithy? No, hundred percent. He was going to propose to her. That's why he was so finicky about what he was going to wear. Yeah, no, but he might have gone to the horse chestnut tree. Mm. Is it's it in season? Fall? It's fall, fall. Fall is when the conquerors are in season. Okay. 
I don't love this orange Spencer. This is my only oh, really? drawback I to think this I scene. Like, I think it looks great. I don't, I just wish it wasn't such an earth tone. I, I think she looks great in jewel tones and I just, it's not my favorite Spencer of hers. I, I know all that her this is one of her most iconic outfits of the series, actually. Maybe yeah, because, because a lot it's of promotional shoots with her wearing this. Yeah, that's true. Why did And isn't this that? what she's wearing at Pemberley when she goes to visit? It, yes. And it's when it's, she's wearing it in the final scene when he proposes as well. Yeah, that's why it feels like very iconic to me. Okay, now Jane's letters have been misdirected and she's narrating her first letter. She wrote the address very, very Ill. Ill indeed. Sometimes when I'm writing an email to someone, I will think like, what if something really dramatic happened right now? And then I'd have to go, oh, dearest Kristen, since writing the above, something of the most alarming <laughs> nature has occurred. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I know. I was just going to say, sometimes do lines and cadences of lines from this movie just pop into your head. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you're like, very ill indeed. Yes, yes. This happens to me all the time. No, that Sometimes. is 100% right. A lot of the line readings in this almost feel like music. Yeah. Yes, you've heard like it so many my times. brother and I. That's another one <laughs> where I think that I think of that line all the time. Yeah. They're roused from their beds, Kristen. Oh, how exciting. Mr. Bennett's would, got his nightcap on. Would he answer his own door at night? Well, if someone was banging on it that hard, I don't know. I think you might because you'd be like, what the heck is going on? Even Mrs. Ben's like, are we to be murdered in our beds? So if you were the man at the house. totally reads Gothic novels, by the way. Oh, totally. Well, you know that uh, then she chastises Lydia and Kitty. What are you reading, girls? (laughs) I like Jane's nightdress has the uh, full on sleeves with like the Kitty's looking very sexy, too. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's very sexy. That's a very sexy nighttime scene. Yeah. And now Lizzie's like, Jane, Jane, Jane. You're always hoping for the best, but I wish I could believe it. Yeah. Because I'm like Lizzie. I'm like, well, we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then I love how she's, I mean, this is hard acting where she has to talk to the letter. Oh, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. And now we have to cut to her thinking about whether Wiki Wickham might've loved Lydia. Yeah. This is hard. this This is internal monologue stuff that she's having to do exterior. And that's really hard. They even had to add a faked flashback, which is not really what happens. Yeah, well, like if you go back like and watch that scene. About it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So what like, I like about that, though, is we've already established basically at the halfway point that Lizzie knows that she's an unreliable, has oh, an unreliable yes. like memory. She realized she's the Emma, even though Emma doesn't exist in her world. Right in, the, in her timeline, but she realized that she saw everything wonky. And now, as she's looking back, she can't even trust her own memory. She's like, "Wait, yeah. were Wickham and Lydia having a thing?" And I just was too, you know, oblivious to even realize that. As well as the fact that Darcy's a guy and I was being a jerk. They have surely not gone to Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> she was then, but fifteen years old. That's yeah. fucked up. She hears Darcy swearing Mary so much. I mean, way. I swear in front of that baby and he's, it's not good. It's so hard. I, I have friends with kids and I'm so bad. I just, I just swear in front of them all the time. And I, I know my brother's always yelling at me for swearing in front of my nephews, but what are you going to do? Yeah. What are my aunt and uncle? 
There's Hannah. She's so excited. Look, she's so excited to introduce Mr. Darcy. Look, you have another, an exciting visitor. He looks so good. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I always rewound and rewatch this scene because his concern for her, her health was always so sexy to me. Yes, he's like, go fetch a whiskey. (laughs) Such a sexy moment when he sits down, he thinks, okay, she's ill. I have license to grasp her hand. Yeah. He's like, you are not well then. I'll call it doctor. And like, just takes her hand and it's so sexy. He's like, wants to be with her, wants to touch her, wants to hold her. I don't know. You just feel the energy between them. He's so sweet once he like, just gives himself permission to love her, basically. Yeah, true. You look very ill. Which oh, is always thanks. a laugh line. Yeah. <laughs> Men always love to hear that. It's right? coming from his concern, but yeah, she even has yeah. one. She's like, oh, no, no, nothing's the matter with me. And then his, the, the um, fist to the hand where you can see his pinky ring. And he oh looks yeah. So Do you think that's like a signet of some kind? Yeah. His like signet ring. Yeah. The, his eyes look so good with this color scheme and this wood paneling. and everything. I think that's his high school class ring actually. <laughs> from, he bought it from Jurgens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Company called Jansen or whatever. Jostens. Jostens. Yes. Anyway. Of Mr. Oh, this is so good. The way she says Mr. Wickham. And the word eloped. Power. Mr. Wickham. Well, it's interesting when she says, you know him too well to doubt the rest. Yeah. Darcy almost reacts as though his attention is being called back to him by something. Um, And then when he stands up and starts walking again, he's so tall and it is so sexy. I feel so bad for her because she totally misunderstands. Again, she totally misunderstands the situation. He leaves because he's like, I got to do something. And she's like, he left because I'm toxic now. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's this Regency like rules and society, man. Society, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's grieved. And That's the subtext. Society, man. He's grieved, shocked. Certainly not gone to Scotland. I love how he's like rapping out questions too. He's just so in control. He's like, I'm here. I'm taking control. Give me the oh, details. I mean, he looks like he's in control, but you know, in his head, he's like totally losing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a helpful context for the viewer. Like, we got most of it from the letters, but she kind of places it in, yeah, like more of a context for us. I have not the smallest hope. Yeah. Our whole whole family will be involved in her ruin and disgrace. Yeah. part Must partake of her ruin and disgrace. That's what it is. Oh, He's like, what do you say? What do you say after that? You can't contradict it, right? So time, time for me. What's that? I said, apparently you just leave. Yeah. Apparently you're just like, uh, yeah, sucks for you. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) No, he's, he's going to help. He's already thinking like, okay, who do I need to write letters to? But here's the thing. Imagine how helpless you felt when things like this happened back then. I can't even imagine. I mean, this whole these whole last two episodes are but just about how the women are completely helpless where things happen off off screen, just like in Mansfield Park with Fanny, right? Yeah. And now she has to ask, "Can you please lie for me?" Yeah, you know, like, can you please just don't tell anyone? You know, make an excuse. And well, she also can- knows that they can't hide it for very long. Everyone's I know, yeah. Know. But just even having to ask, like, the man that you love, like, 
to hide your disgrace must be so yeah. incredibly wrenching. And she keeps her shit together too. The way she says goodbye. It's so heartbreaking. Oh, that last look, long yeah. last look. And then the ending chords of the score. And that's when, you know, you got to get your rewind button going and watch it and he all looks again at her before he shuts the door. Yeah. The way he looks at her and, and that you just wait for that one last look, then you hit the rewind button. And now we have to hear theories about this. So this scene was not in the original television version in the U S really. Yeah. And so it was like a funny Easter egg to discover it where they're like talking about, Oh, Wickham wouldn't, wouldn't do this. Why would he do this? There's no inducement. Why would he risk, you know, his job? And she's like, I, w- I would be capable of believe him capable of risking anything, you know, but that's because the aunt doesn't know aunt Gardner doesn't know like the relationships between people. Right. In fact, we just had that scene where she's like this behavior towards, you know, Darcy is not consistent with our dear friend Wickham or whatever. They've heard that story about the miniature and the housekeeper saying he's gone very wild. Yeah. Come out very wild. And this song, this scene wasn't either him listening to Georgiana play back at Pemberley that night. I think I've fallen a little bit behind you because I kept having like buffering issues. Oh, no. Okay. Let me pause it for. I'm at 2014. Okay. I'm at 2025. So let me. Okay. Give me a couple seconds to catch up. 10 seconds. Sorry. That's okay. 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 I'm at 25. Oh my God. Mr. Hurst again. It's so great. Just passed Just out. Complete cross. Oh, I do remember that this wasn't in the US version. And I remember watching it when I got it on VHS and being like, oh my God. It's unnecessary for him to be short with, with Caroline. And it also takes away some of the urgency of your belief about he's urgently going to solve the issue right because he's just yeah. back well at again like but there's a lot of things that you just can't do like yeah, write yeah, your letters yeah, yeah, and then sure, you sure, sit sure. there and wait yeah no i know but but from a dramatic perspective i love yeah, no, I by the you. way love this hat love this scarf love this yeah. little neckerchief i love watching this scene where she just takes off all her traveling guard guard yeah. because everything is beautiful okay i like it when she hugs jane and the sound of her like wrapping all of it around Jane meets with Jane going like, Oh, cause she's so relieved. <laughs> yeah. to see her. It's beautifully done. Oh, I just noticed her little reticule. Look at her beautiful, like teal the green sleeve coat. on Jane's little jacket is so beautiful. I've never noticed it before. And then the little white uh, neckerchief wrap around thing that Lizzie has to take yeah. off. I just those love beautiful, it. Those beautiful white tits. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Maggie. Uh, the historical costumers in our audience were for once getting some content that they could relate to. And now it's been Listen, crassly. I have, to, I have to stay on brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she blames these Fosters. Forsters. Do you notice how she's got purple on? Yes. She's like on her throne. They're all attending to her oh, and she's got her like royal colors. Before. Never made that connection before. Oh, Yes, the this worry. is like the this whole like monologue is basically like the Mrs. Bennett money shot mm. kind of thing. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's her big scene. <laughs> Did you notice that at one point in this movie he calls her Fanny? They yeah. made up a first name for her, and he calls her Fanny. Isn't it in this scene? 
He's uh, like, calm yourself, Fanny. Or no, he like says, that. sister, calm yourself. It's actually when they, the gardeners arrive for Christmas she says, but I never complain. And she, he says, that's the best way to go about it, Fanny. Oh, yeah. She would be a Fanny, wouldn't she? <laughs> it's just so funny to me. Like, everyone is perplexed. Like, why does she think that Mr. Bennett will try to fight? <laughs> I, I do like her little apothecary box. Next I do. To her I love, with I all love her smelling her. salts and concoctions. It's such a nice set dressing detail. <laughs> it's really nice. I'm sure they did historical research into it too. Mm-hmm. Can you oh, imagine growing say, up with her as a teenager? <sighs> really cannot. And you can see it in Jane and Lizzie's faces in that scene too. And they're just like, please, anything to make it end. And now we get a shot of Darcy in the carriage with the he little looks like castle. Shit. He's got a, a team of four, right? He's the... Ch- yeah, but he looks forward. really bad. It looks like he hasn't slept. He yeah, looks he, he looks bad. Leery eyed. Yeah. Uh, it's it's and good. The breakfast table. It's good silent acting. <laughs> That's a lot of food for breakfast. You know, it always seems like the hugest spread for breakfast. And it always makes me hungry. I know. I mean, how do you do anything after a meal that hearty? <laughs> you just want to go back to bed. That's probably what they did. I mean, didn't they eat breakfast very late? Uh, I don't know. Oh, Kitty, thank you for the pet potatoes. <laughs> she's feeling hard done by because she's tainted by Lydia's disgrace because they think she was holding information back. From well, them. she also phrases it as I haven't done anything naughty and I don't see how Lydia has. <laughs> and everyone's like, what is the matter with you? Yeah, that that is actually really messed up. <laughs> Therefore, thank you, Mary. <laughs> She's like sermonizing during all of this nonsense. I, I don't what, know. Without her, Jane though, Austen they would had probably... in mind for Mary's future. Yeah, I I think I read that she said something about Mary's future. Like she marries a clerk. Oh, wait, no, that's me. I think Mary gets with the clerk of her uncle Phillips, huh. and Kitty gets with the clergyman. Or oh. something near Pemberley. Well, not all clergymen are bad. Yeah. There could be a Tilney. Verse, they tend to be ridiculous. There's a Tilney in the bunch. Forget about the Tilney. It's Tilney. Um, all right, Jane, spill the tea. What have I not heard yet? Um, well, you haven't seen me in a while. So first, first of all, my bangs look fabulous. Yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> Those curls. <laughs> I'm ready to hear what you think of my bangs. It's That's interesting because I've read a lot where they were like, well, Jane is supposed to be so beautiful. Like Lizzie is more attractive in this than Jane. But I mean, the, uh, I can't remember her name. I mean, I've seen her another Susanna thing, Harker. The, yes. But she looks like she stepped out of a painting from that she time really does. and I mean, I, I think she's beautiful too, but yeah. no, I hear, I hear you. I think she does look just like a Regency painting. I think that Jennifer Ely is stunning, but I think she's more like modern day. She grows on you too. I, I feel like Jennifer Ely grows on you. Oh, so I know I when I her. first watched this movie, I was like, I, I was like, why did they cast the prettier girl as the older sister? Cause honestly, I thought Susanna Harker was better looking mm-hmm. the first time I saw it. And I was like, she's so beautiful. Why didn't she get to be the main character? Cause I didn't know anything about the book. 
Yeah. Also, that's not the way I feel about them now. I kind of just feel like they're equally beautiful and wonderful. But at the time, I guess I was just, my head was turned by that blonde hair. Well, every time I see Jennifer Ely, I freak out. Oh, like when she was to- in the King's speech and she and Colin Firth had a scene together, I was freaking out. And my brother was like, what? I'm like, you don't understand. This is the first time they've been on screen together. This Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk, by the way, by the way, about the scene that just happened, which is a cut to Lydia and Wickham eloping. And the work that Lydia's, the actress whose last name I can't, can't pronounce, Julia Sala. Sawa, uh-huh. um, the laugh she does when he like kisses her and like pushes her back in the carriage. It's so wanton and, and sort of uh, lascivious. It's just so mm-hmm. great. Almost said slutty, but I don't want to slut shame Lydia, but it's just very excited to be having sex. I'm so excited. I'm about to get to have sex. That's what it is. I love this scene too with Lizzie and um Jane, where they're ta- she's talking about the letter and she's really mad. And Jane is like, you're being unkind. Oh, yeah. Jane is just always, always nice. I love them together, too, because it's this fiction of who we're told to be, which is Jane and who we have to be because we can't help ourselves, which is Liddy, uh, which is Lizzie. It always seemed like reality colliding up against the rules of good behavior and Christianity and morality and this clash between them especially in that scene of like, you have to be nice. And she's like, no, everything sucks. And well, I just appreciate that Jane actually is just nice. It's so she, hard to make. Ha- oh, this is cheesy is she? where she looks in the mirror and sees the memory. Oh, of yeah, him, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, like, it's so hard to be that nice and not have it seem fake. Is she really just nice? Is nice or has she just been twisted to believe she has to be nice? No, she's nice. Kristen. But no one's the, that nice. No one's no, like, I'm sure she means well, even though she's being a heinous bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, then she comes back and she's like, I get what you were saying. You were talking about how our reputations are ruined too. Uh, do you think that hadn't occurred to her? like this scene because I don't think it's realistic to suggest that that had not occurred to Jane. Yeah. Because it would have had to have, right? But I don't know. Maybe she's just too good and pure. She's not thinking about herself. She's only thinking about Lydia. I guess. Whereas I'm the opposite. And after something tragic happens, then I'm like, God, I'm such a jerk because all all I'm thinking about is the impact this has on me. I know. No, I hear you. She looks like an angel. Susanna Harker with her hair down in the seam looks like a complete picture of, I don't know, an angel. Yeah. The only other thing that I really remember, I mean, I know I've seen her in other things, but I really remember her is from the House of Cards oh. miniseries, the British miniseries. She's in that. She's very good in that. that. Now that was having girl before this. I think that was like early 90s. Oh. Yeah. We're having girl talk and Lizzie is saying <laughs> she's regretful Mr. that Mr. Darcy is probably out of her life forever. Advances to me. I'm sorry. It's hard because I am listening to the audio. And so I'm trying to say things, but like, also I have input from the audio, so I can't say things and listen at the same time, I guess. You don't know what he was two days ago. She felt it. She was like, they were about to come together get engaged at Pemberley. It was going to be so joyous. We were going to have our happy, yeah, happy Jane, ending. And you should have seen his house. That place was crazy. I know, right? 
<laughs> I what love this very, like, very oh short barkeep. What's that? Do you remember MTV Cribs? Yeah. What if you did like MTV Cribs Pemberley? <laughs> <laughs> this is where the magic happens in the music room. And it's just Darcy <laughs> giving a tour of Pemberley <laughs> to the camera. <laughs> that was a great show. I never liked it. I never watched it. I just really? know about the phrase. This is where the magic happens. And it's ob- <laughs> obligatory every time you go into their bedroom. Yeah. Ah, Mr. Collins. This is, is where the magic happens once a week. If you're lucky. and you have a <laughs> <laughs> Just show someone in the bathroom and be like, this is where the magic happens. <laughs> this is where the magic happens three times a day. <laughs> Oh, this is so crass. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's so good though. Okay. So, so Mr. Collins is here to Kitty runs away face. in the most inspired bit of like screenwriting ever. She's like in, she runs away first of all, which is hilarious. Then she's looking in the window, which is hilarious. Okay. But this is when we're like, hashtag we're all kitty. Yeah, yeah. She like grabs her little skirt, does her little duck run. (laughs) I'm not going to go sit in there. Crazy. (sighs) And the best thing is you can totally see Mary is just taking in every word and is completely on his wavelength. I love this scene too, because they're all sitting in a row on that like triple chair couch thing. Three Regency sisters, three beautiful. And how wives. Lizzie's about to effing lose it, and Jane oh, just yeah. like gently puts her hand on hers and is like, "Hold the it together, death girl." Of your sister would have you know Jane's thinking unnice things. I here, love though. the Look move at her where they both stand up too, and they're like, "Okay, it's time for you to go. We're going to yeah. signal that by standing." Look at up. Jane's face; she knows. And, and um, they have to, yeah, I like Jane in this scene because she acknowledges that what he's saying is repulsive she's not pulling a mary and like yes yes i agree with what you're saying she's trying to use the bounds of good polite society to get him out yeah and you're right how their eyes flick to each other right before they stand up oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and jane puts her hand on lizzie yeah there's kitty who in there um now lizzie has this inspired idea like if we're so toxic why are you here? Yeah. Ugh, and there so are these nice. brilliant moments of like, let me turn your rhetoric back on you. That are the reason mm-hmm. we love Lizzie so much. Perhaps Don't you think always. you should leave? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> and she's going to seal the deal by mentioning Catherine de Bourgh. Lady Catherine de Bourgh. A clergyman cannot be too careful, Kristen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So true. And I mean, when he says the death of your sister would have been a blessing. Oh my God. I would have lost it. I would have lost it. I would have slapped his nasty face. (laughs) Even Mary is like GTFO buddy. (laughs) No, she thinks it's very kind of him to come and condole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, Jane, I suppose he means well. Lizzie's here to tell us the real truth, which is you suppose you suppose wrongly. Yeah. He's here to triumph over us. Just like I, I said like, about Lady Lucas. Go ahead. And I do like the reprise of the Mr. Collins theme on bassoon, on but bassoon. it's like a few steps down. It's so delightful. it's like the sad minor, like Jewish version. <laughs> oh, I never noticed that before, but you are so right. 
they always make fun of me. Like when there's a minor key song, I'm like this, I'm Jewish for those who aren't listening. I'm like, Oh, it's like, it's a Jewish song because all of our music is in a minor key. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Phillips's bonnet is on fleek, frankly. So remind Mrs. Phillips is the actual sister of Mrs. Bennett and Mr. Gardner, right? Yes. Okay. Do we know Mr. Bennett has any siblings? Yes. uh, His brother is Mr. Collins's father. Right, right. But he's dead. And they were always on at variance, right? Mm. They were always fighting. So he hated the story there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Can't even imagine. With the younger brother. Mrs. Phillips must have some money. Look at her. She looks great. She looks fantastic. I mean, she's not supposed to be that wealthy. I mean, she just lives in Meriton, but... The way is they costume her. No, she's um, Uncle Phillips is a lawyer. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why they're good. saying Mary, Mary, Mary gets married to his clerk or whatever. Right, right. No, I know he's a lawyer, but um, oh, oh, okay. Her husband is a lawyer also, and okay. I'm just trying to get all the relationships right. What is it that Mister <laughs> Gardner does? He's in trade or something. Yeah, he's in okay. trade, and he lives in Cheapside. If you didn't hear. In Cheapside. Cheapside. Oh, here, here, all of Mr. Wickham's intrigues are being honored with the title of seduction. I love the way she says seductions. Seductions. <laughs> oh, there's Lydia singing the that song that's like the clock song. You know what You're I'm ahead of about. me again a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me pause it. I'm at. 3620. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm way ahead of you. How'd you get that far ahead of me? I don't know. I'll count. Well, to... just, now it's buffering again. So I'm still <laughs> at 3620. Oh, no. Okay. <sighs> Break time. Break it down. You I hope no box. one's trying to listen to this while watch this while we are because it's a mess. I know because it's going to drive them absolutely crazy. Ah, it's all right. Yeah. What can you do? So do you think he's writing letters to all his creditors asking them for more time? Oh, nice stirrup pants, by the way. I know. Yeah, I know. Look at the stirrup pants. <laughs> Wickham is styling in the 80s. 1880. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm not going to say it, but you know that's not. That's wrong, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. Closer to the 1780s. Yeah. All right. Are you still buffering? No, 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 I'm back. Sorry. She just said plays and assemblies. Oh, okay. Now I'm way behind you. Do you want me to pause it? No, no. Let me go forward. Okay. She's playing with his hair and he's pouring wine. And that's exactly where I am now. You need to shut up. Yes. (laughs) I have a funny picture of them in this attitude where she's playing with his hair and he's looking like not that happy or impressed. Listen, you made this decision, buddy. I know. And it says, what the fuck did I do or something like <laughs> <laughs> the meme of it is so funny. <laughs> so has she just been rocking the same outfit for like four days? Basically, they, they had a continuity issue really with the outfits because they appeared dressed in the same attitude multiple times. <laughs> and she does the smelling salts and it like freaks yeah. out. <laughs> okay, but look at his baller travel cloak. He looks great. <laughs> he looks like he should be in Bleak House. <laughs> Speaking of Bleak House, you know, Lizzie Bennett's in Bleak House. Uh, 
a the Lizzie actress Bennett. who plays Lizzie in, in Death um, Comes, Death Comes Pemberley. to Pemberley. Yeah. Just one of many Lizzie. Bennett. She makes the rounds because she's also in North and South. She's in like every period drama, basically. Yeah, that's right. She's Bessie um, mm-hmm. Higgins. That, or yeah, as I like to say, South. Bessie <coughs> Higgins. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about North and South with you. I love that song. Oh, my God, Richard Armitage. <laughs> I did actually wear out my DVD. Oh, um, you're so funny. You I think it's so like, funny. it's like a, I can't remember if it's a two DVD set or one, but like towards the end of one of them, it just stops working. Oh, Mrs. Young. Are you there? Did he just force his way? <gasps> yes. Inside? No, she just went, <gasps> and they opened the door and saw him there. <laughs> oh, okay. He has to, he has to duck to get in the door. I know he's just that. Well, he's also wearing that hat where I guess he takes it off. I don't know. No, he's wearing it when he goes. He there. is wearing it when it goes. In. Okay. I just saw it. So I don't know why I'm confused about what happened. Oh God. They must be so bored. I know they're live that see the problem with these last two episodes is they feel so airless because we just keep cutting back to them doing nothing, doing nothing at their house and being stressed out and worried. And it's the same with Fanny and Portsmouth, right? It's just like, they're completely powerless. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, Andrew Davies, I don't need to see my life reflected on the screen. I mean, that's why he had to cut in so many exciting scenes of Darcy walking around London, giving pennies to Young's beggar children and (laughs) trying to find them in a very heroic manner. Right. I love this scene where Mr. Bennett says it's been my own doing and I ought to feel it. Yeah, you were a shitty dad. Yeah, you might, yeah and it, of course, as soon as someone says, oh, no, I suck, everyone's like, no, you don't, when they actually totally do. He's yeah. like, no, I actually totally do. But it's fine. I'll get over it. <laughs> Guess what, Kitty? You're never going anywhere again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> She's so dumb. She starts to cry at the end of his monologue. <laughs> I actually think the actress who plays Kitty is very good. Oh, she's very good, but she she makes the character seem very dumb at the end. They, well, Kitty is dumb, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I bear you know he just looks will. like a puppy dog. Do you, I never realized this for the longest time, but it's a compliment to himself when he says, I bear you no ill will for your advice to me last May, for being justified in your advice to me. Mm. which shows some greatness of mind. I think I always thought he meant she had greatness of mind, but no, he's saying I'm, I don't bear you any ill will for being right, which means I have greatness of mind. <laughs> well, a lot of people would like, nobody likes to have, yeah. I told you so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what he's saying, but I just didn't get it for so long. And it's so funny. It makes the scene even funnier. So. Well, he still has that kind of sardonic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I should go to Brighton, see again, read the room. Oh my Kitty. God, girl. If I should go to Brighton, I would behave better than Lydia. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> Girl, you'll be lucky if we let you out of the cupboard underneath the stairs. <laughs> I love how he cr- 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 proclaims officer no out of ass through the village. <laughs> oh. Bulls, balls are prohibited. <laughs> I wonder oh, if Jane such a would defend this or not. I mean, he's such a, I know he, she has to, cause she's a dutiful daughter. Right. But he's just such a monster. He knows she's crying. He's like gonna, he, I don't know. He's, he, he sees the funny side of it. He doesn't yeah. see the human side of it, yeah. but she's just so dumb. He can't. So I don't know. 
You're like, oh God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe London Kitty again. needs this type of firm hand. <laughs> Maybe she just needs to be like made hardcore fun of. No, that hasn't worked so far. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Calling her one of the silliest girls in all of yeah. the <laughs> God, that hat is just insane. I know. His stove, stove, stove pipe hat or whatever hat. it's called. This it's is amazing. This is a riveting scene of Darcy looking for an address. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is like me driving down the street where my GPS is like, your, your destination is on your left. And I'm like, it is. <laughs> I love that scene too, because when Wickham is talking, his breath moves the candle, which kind of see, makes him mm. seem even more boozy, yeah, you know, like true. with so much alcohol in his <laughs> He breath. just blows on it and it's like a, like you're holding an aerosol can. <laughs> and here comes the post. Uh, Hill with the post. She's I so nice how much to these special messengers cost to send. I really like the scene too, where he takes the letter and says, thank you and puts it down. So she sees that he puts it down and sees un- seems unconcerned. It's like such a dumb facade. She knows what it is. She's yeah. like running out to tell the girls and they don't, they don't even say thank you. They just, do you notice this? She's like, did you hear an express come? I like the scene where they have the letter and run and Lizzie has to like hold her boobs down oh, yeah. because that is the, that's real. <laughs> that's I think this is real. one of the few scenes you can tell that she, uh, Susanna Harker's pregnant. Oh yeah. When they're running, it's like fairly obvious. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, do they know just say express we- come. <laughs> they just say, when did it come? And she's like, Oh, half an hour ago. And then they just start running. It's not even like, Thanks. Well, we're finally getting some action, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, she does have to hold under her boobs. That's the way I used to have to run too. <laughs> Sad. She needs to get one of those she fit bras. Yeah, yeah. Before, hey, they're not paying us a dime, so please do not advertise she fit. Okay, on but they're program. really good. Okay, <laughs> you have to understand, Kristen. I am now like, what is after a triple D? What is that? An E? <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, pregnancy has done to me. They're they're huge. They have to be strapped down. I know. <laughs> I know. And they're all out of breath because, like, they never run anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his little cute straw hat. I know. His little buckle shoes with the heel. I do like his, I don't know what you call his, seat. like, coat or robe kind of thing. I don't know. Mr. Bennett always looks great. Okay, they found them. They're not married. <laughs> it is they as I always hoped. They are married. They are not married. <laughs> they are not married. <laughs> I love the line. Nor can I find there was any hope of being so, any plan of being so, or whatever. Because it's like, look, these kids were living in sin. I mean, safety pin. Yeah, saying Cleveland rocks. I love this. You will easily comprehend Mr. Wickham's circumstances are not so bad as they're generally believed to be. It's like, will he easily comprehend that? Or do you, (laughs) you just know he wants to believe it. (laughs) I'm surprised nobody's like broken his kneecaps yet. Mm. That is a really good point. How is he getting away with all this nonsense? I don't know. He just moves, moves from place to place. Yes. Yeah. He's like, well, (laughs) fleeing his pressing depths of honor. I owe everybody here money, so I guess it's yeah. time to move on. Probably time to be moving out. He basically is just, um, it just makes me think of like the music man, how he's a traveling salesman. And once he fleeces everybody in the town, he just goes to the next town. <laughs> yeah. 
I love this scene too, in that Lizzie is so shrewd. She finishes yeah. the letter and he's like, she's like, something does not add yeah, up. Yeah. How is it so little? What, yeah. Why is he satisfied with so little? <laughs> and then he understands someone's paid a lot of money. Yeah. He thinks the uncle. Why would they uncle think their uncle is rich enough to do that though? Well, he might, he might actually have been, had enough money. He would just like not have any left for his kids. Right. Like, I mean, he's in I trade. Guess. He it probably just seems has weird some. Because it's like the letter basically is like, this is all, why would he keep it a secret? Yeah. And then he's like, how am I ever going to repay him? Like he didn't even tell you how much he paid. It was, you know? Right. Well, he's like, I, I, you know, they all, everybody is so good with money in a way back then because they all know exactly what things cost and exactly how much stuff earns. Yeah. And so he's like, well, Wickham's a fool if he takes him with a farthing less than 10,000 pounds because mm-hmm. he just has done all the math. And he's like, well, somebody coughed 10, up 10,000 pounds. The only person yeah. it could possibly be is your uncle, right? Yeah. He's shrewd with like knowing that, but not shrewd enough to put money away to care for Oh, yeah. No, very true. Well, as we hear in a later monologue, they were going to have a son. I mean, which is something yeah. you accomplished effortlessly. So <laughs> 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 you triumphing over Mrs. Bennett. Pretty, right I, I can't remember exactly, but I'm fairly certain that at some point immediately after giving birth, I looked at Bay and I was like, I've given you a son or something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be a jerk. <laughs> You have the air. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rupert Vansittart. I was right, Mr. Hurst. Yes. You know, it's funny though, like we laugh about that. Oh, that's the end of the episode. Oh, it stopped on his face. He's so cute. <laughs> um, we laugh about it, but like Bayard is the last of his branch of the Johnsons. I felt a lot of pressure. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I did. Like we so thought fun. we were actually going to have a girl just because everybody we knew was having boys. And so it seemed like, of course we would have a girl. (laughs) Um, but it's like, you do, even now there's like the societal pressure to have sons. Well, at least the name Johnson won't be fading from the earth. Yeah. Wait, I guess I should take that out. Do we say Bayard's last name on this program? I mean, I don't think he cares. Okay. I will take it out. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, his name won't fade from the earth. I, I promise. I promise yeah. you that. So, but yeah, the name Johnson will be sung throughout history. Now I have to take it out again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think he cares. He uses his full name on his podcast. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yes, he does. Do you want to plug his podcast on this? Oh, podcast? yeah, I should plug his podcast. So, gentle listeners, we're making it a family business. Mm-hmm. And I've probably mentioned it before, but Bay, who has appeared on our podcast as a guest before, has his own podcast. It's called Doctor Who's That Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh it's a he's never seen any doctor who and one of his good friends is a doctor who expert so they are starting from the be- very beginning of the show you know from like the 1950s or is it yeah 1950s and they're watching everything that's available one episode at a time um all i should say i mean they, not every episode of the podcast is one episode of the show they do like the stories and arcs um anyway they're still in the first doctor i think oh wow the first doctor stuck around a lot longer than i thought he did but anyway it's called doctor who's that podcast and you should listen to it if you like listening to awkward geeks 
but we know that they do because they like listening to us. Yeah. Pretty, pretty clearly they have some, uh, <laughs> tolerance for geekiness. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, and I guessed, um, I guest hosted a couple times um, on their podcast as well. I think those are the best episodes personally. Uh, they're the ones I would start with, frankly. Right? Yeah. It's funny because um, not to toot my own horn or anything, but the guy who um, like created and runs and is in charge of the podcast, he said that whenever I'm on an episode, his sister uh, messages him and she never messages him for like any of the other episodes. And she's like, give me Maggie's Facebook. I want to be friends with her. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Sorry. I just I was shared laughing. an awkward story. I know I was laughing. I and then I was like, wait, I'm on mute. She's going to think I'm not laughing at her funny story. Well, then I said the story and I was like, oh my God, that story must have made me sound like a total <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh, one, one, another Zoom victim. Pandemic claims another Zoom victim. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't really bad taste. I didn't mean to like make a pandemic joke. Oh, yeah. As we know, people actually are dying. But I just meant like the circumstance of the pandemic. Yes. Another, another, another funny social victim. We'll say due that. to being muted. Yeah, I have to explain the shit I say a lot these days. <laughs> I think we've all we're all I there. Just, I, there's no filter. I don't I don't hear what I say until it comes out. So I'm yeah. That's okay. So. But yeah, yeah so anyway, you should guys should listen fun. to that podcast, especially if you like Doctor Who. That was uh this was really fun to do. I will check out uh, that podcast and those episodes. And this was really fun to do, but actually I'm like really sweaty. Like this is a really hard one. Really? I felt, I felt like very keyed up and like I had to like be talking the whole time and think of funny things to say. And I had a lot of things to say, but then I was like. Kristen, Maggie's trying to say things. You can't always be saying things. So there was a lot to manage mentally. There was a lot to manage mm. after a full day of yeah. working as a, a high powered librarian. So I'm back at work now. I've been back at work for like almost two months. I think it's more like six weeks or seven weeks. Um, and I'm so happy to be back at work, but yeah, like my brain is fried by the end of the day. When I was on maternity leave, my brain was fried for like the complete opposite reason where you're so, I have to be so emotionally present. And now like, I'm obviously still emotionally present for my child, but like during the day when he's at daycare, I again, have to be professionally and intellectually present and it's just very different and just as tiring. Yeah. Why is life so tiring? I don't know. Man, I'm I'm beat. And what's it for? <laughs> this, need a, this, we need a new pod, an existential podcast. <laughs> Kevin Welcome and I, to first impressions where we talk about our love of Jane Austen and existential dread. <laughs> <laughs> what's it all for? I so there's this show. Um God, it's called. Mr. Show. That's the name of the show. No, I'm thinking of something else. Okay. My husband, Kevin is a fan of sketch comedy shows and he loves the show called the birthday boys, hmm, which a lot of, a lot of actors are on it who you'd recognize now. Cause they've since gotten big, but this was when the show was very small and indie, but Bob Odenkirk is on it mm, and mm-hmm, is like a producer mm-hmm. on it. So there's this one sketch that we talk about all the time and we laugh and laugh, but it, it's, 
in a um, sort of like a reindeer games financial office where they're all like really stressed out and working and working and working. And they're like, sir, we're not going to have our numbers ready for the next quarter or whatever. And he's like, God damn it. And he's like throwing a fit. And he's like, what are we going to do? And they're like, well, sir, we've run the numbers and we're pretty sure that there's no afterlife. <laughs> and then it cuts back to Bob Odenkirk, who is now wearing a sombrero and drinking tequila. And he says, well, all right. <laughs> and then they just started having this massive party. <laughs> they just started like having the most debauched hedonistic party in the office and not care. Anyway, I, we, we say sometimes to each other, like, well, I've run the number and there's no afterlife. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which just, I don't know if that represents his real beliefs. I don't, hopefully I didn't shock anybody. It's just a stupid sketch comedy show, but yeah. yeah but you have to wonder about stuff like that. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm just saying so much of what we do, you know, like you work so that you can ha- support yourself and your family and be able to survive and hopefully have some fun along the way. But we spend so much time of our lives working. No, we, we really do. I, I, um, sorry. I always feel weird about these conversations on mic because I feel like you might accidentally offend somebody. I don't know. Someone who has very like, say there are lots of closely held religious beliefs about the after. Well, I mean, hopefully people understand that not everyone believes the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> and let's like, they call it faith because it's faith. We don't know. Right. Right. Wow. Lot to think about. Lot to think about. Join us uh. next time when we will discuss <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you die. <laughs> <laughs> we, I actually, I think um, next time we're either going to do episode six or we might be able to have our North and South podcast. So it would be so fun. Yes. We're going to talk about the mini series, North and South. I have also read the book. We are going to have an amazing oh, guest you've on. you read the book. Yes, I have. Thank you. Our guest who's going to come on actually um, is the person who got me to read the book because I was on Twitter one day and I was following a thread about like, somebody had tweeted, what's the best line in North and South? And she tweeted this line out and it was so good. I was like, damn, maybe I better read North and South. And it was, he is my first olive. You must allow me to make a face while I swallow it or something Ooh. like that. Um, and obviously no sexual undertones, um. but, <laughs> but it was, it was good enough. And then she said that. And, and then there was another sexy one, which I forget, but I was like, damn, maybe I should read this book. And I did. And it was really good, but I lacked a lot of context, historical context. Yeah. I was like asking questions on the Twitter, like, what does this mean? And so I have since purchased an annotated version. And I'm going to try to do a little bit of homework so that when what we- would you say is the ratio of romance to labor politics and disputes in the novel? Um, there's more labor politics in the novel, but mm-hmm. I will say the romance is really hot. It's like way hotter than Jane Austen romance. Yeah. As far I, as being very explicitly sexy in the language chosen. I will confess that when I watch North and South sometime, now that I've seen it so many times, I tend to fast forward through the. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course you do. I don't care. I mean, yeah. You know what, you know what, Kevin though, Kevin watched it with me and he loved it, but he loved it for the labor content. 
interesting. He was a Mr. Bates Thornton shipper. He, every Mm. scene with those two, he couldn't stop talking about how good it was. He's like, these two, I can't stop smiling. (laughs) That's an actual quote. He's like, I can't stop smiling. Um, (laughs) He loves the bromance. That's his favorite. He loves the the bromance. respect that the men have for each other. That's right. Nicholas Higgins and Mr. Thornton. And he was all excited to see Mr. Bates, the same actor from Downton Abbey. And and he just got really, really into it. And I don't, and I don't think he cared at all about, about the romance. So oh, bless your little heart, Kevin. I know. And of course her, the character's name is Margaret. 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 You know, I, I have a lot of feelings about that story. Well, I hope it works out and we get to talk about it. We've teased it so much now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hope it works. I'm sure it will work out sooner or later sooner sometime within the next six months let's just do that i feel comfortable with that promise we will be having a north or south episode okay look for that coming near you in five months (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. keep your eye out i mean sorry for those of us who are like keeping an eye out for episodes um you know i think you know i was gonna ask you maggie like actually i was gonna ask you like do you want to still do the podcast i mean you know yeah and I think we've never taken a dime from anybody, like even as a like gift or a Patreon or anything, which is the only thing making me not stress when we don't put an episode out because it's yeah. like no one, no one feels like they're not getting what they, you know, paid for in a this sense. This podcast is entirely a labor of love by Kristen who spends hours and hours and hours of her time editing and doing it. And I am along for the ride as long as you are, Kristen. Oh, that's so wonderful. I'm so excited to hear that because it's so much fun. I also spend hours and hours with like weird anxiety because it's out there. And I'm like, what if someone doxes me? And then I'm like, why would anyone care who you are? And then I'm like, well, I also talked about like my Calista Hunter author stuff. And I don't want my professional friends to know that I do that. And it's not really that good. And honestly, I wrote a lot of it a long time ago. And I don't know, some of it is like, I think you should be, first of all, you should be proud of the podcast and your books. Oh, thank you. And you know what? Like, I'm, who cares? I'm too old. Like, just put it out there. I know. What if I wrote something really objectionable though in the book and I didn't realize that I did, but what if it could be taken the wrong way and I didn't realize or, you know, I don't know. I think that you're fine. I honestly, like there's some people who maybe need to worry about that stuff, but I wouldn't worry about that. I think if most people found out you were a published author, that they would just think that's rad. (laughs) (laughs) Self-published. Self-published author. They think that's rad. That's rad, right? I wrote a book with more than you've written. Most people. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, do you know, (laughs) like just even finishing something like that is an incredible (laughs) accomplishment. Sometimes I just think about logging in and just taking it all down and just like oh, never no. talking about no, no, it again. No, 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 That would make me so sad. And it's not that I need it to be like read. I don't care if anyone reads it. I'm just, I'm just worried. Like what, what if it could bite me in the butt somehow? I really don't see how it could. I really don't see how it could. I think it's just something to be proud of. Um, it would make me really sad if you took it down. So maybe when you're having those anxious thoughts, you could remember that you want to bring joy to your family. Oh, that's right. And there are a lot of people who helped me and, and obviously the audiobook. 
you know, um, I would never and could never take that work down as well yeah. because that's her work as well. No, so. It's amazing. Don't ever worry about it. It's fantastic. And it's amazing. You should be proud. Thank you for the, this is talk. like that scene in wonder woman where she's on the uh, platform at the train station and she has the ice cream and she looks at the guy and she goes, you should be proud because he made ice cream. Oh, <laughs> remember that scene <laughs> you don't you remember that scene no <laughs> oh my gosh so it's the first time she's ever had ice cream oh wow <laughs> she's on the train platform like going off to belgium or whatever for the war they're going to the front he hands her an ice cream cone she takes a lick and she's like oh my gosh and she looks at the guy who sold it to them and she just goes you should be very proud <laughs> Because he's brought such joy to people. That's how I feel. You should be proud. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'll be proud. Don't you dare touch this podcast. Don't you dare touch those books. You're you're a treasure. Oh, thank you. (laughs) As per usual, this podcast has devolved to Kristen and I. It's like this pep talk, just getting through life somehow. I mean, just just I girl, what would I do without you if I didn't have you? That's true. <laughs> Girl, you know it's true. <laughs> Are you going to sing something I, for us? I, I, I love you. <laughs> oh, I love you too. Aww. I know you sang it to me, but I'm saying it to you. Okay. Well, thank you. And we love all our listeners who have hung yes, in there. I don't know how much guys. of this is going to make the final cut. All of it. <laughs> it's like 45 minutes of actual <laughs> episode. like... <laughs> Talking about how <laughs> telling each other how amazing we are. This I, episode um, ends up an hour and a half long, and it's like mostly us just giving each other pep talks. I know well, we've just waited so long. I mean, I just feel like it has been a while, and so I'm just delighted to talk to you, my friend, and just be here with you and be present with you. But I will let you go. I know it's late where you are, and I have to go eat dinner. Oh so, yes, please. Um, but we we. Keep an eye out, everybody, for the We'll next. be back soon. We'll we still have episode soon. six to do. Hopefully, there's North and South content coming. And we also have our regularly scheduled podcast content, um, I'm sure, heading your way soon. I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. We All promise. Right. Okay, Kristen, I love you. What love do we say? Too. We have delighted you long enough. Bye. Bye.